Hey, I'm Andrew Hales. Welcome to another edition of Chatting With. Today I'm here with Big Herc. How you doing? Yeah. Ex-convict? Ex-con, yeah. Yeah, ex-con. Ten years. Uh, eight years, eight months, but I've done over ten years of jail time in my life. Wow. Okay. When when was the first time you went to jail? The juvenile hall for selling crack. Okay. And then after that? Uh, when I was 18, I got caught up in a home invasion. Wow. Like robbery? Yeah. Where did you grow up? Uh, Sacramento, for the most part, North Highlands. Uh, was it part of a gang? Um, not really. I mean, it's just a neighborhood. I mean, there was a lot of... My, my particular group of friends were you know, pretty much crypts, but I had friends that were also bloods. Mm-hmm. But everybody was in the streets. It just was, a, you know, a street life. Robbing people wouldn't... That was just like a regular thing. People, you know, you got involved in the streets, and that kind of became like the norm. Yeah. Okay. And then what was the... A big one for eight years or whatever. Uh, bank robbery. Wow. I ran in the bank with a gun, ski mask. Wow. <laughs> was that, uh, were you scared to do that? Not really. I mean, you, you, you're, you're a little bit, uh, you have, a, you have some anxiety, you know, you get some butterflies in your stomach. But for me, when I commit to do something, I just decide to do it. And like I said, the mind frame I was in, <clears throat> it wasn't the actual bank robbery. It was everything that led up to the bank robbery that got me locked up because it's all those choices that led up to that. You don't wake up one morning and have enough heart to run in the bank with a gun. Yeah. You got to do a lot of other things that builds up the courage in order for you to go commit that act. So then sentenced to 10 years. Um, yep, 120 months. You know, the wake-up call wasn't like I was looking to make a career out of going to prison. Yeah. And, you know, I was kind of like just in every, every direction. I wasn't really focused on any one thing in particular when I got locked up, so I was easily kind of like, it was easy for me to jump into stuff, you know. At the time I got locked up, I was doing porn. So doing porn and then kind of like trying to figure out what would be my next move. The bank robbery seemed like a transition into kind of, you know, making a, a jump into some, you know, the music industry. But, yeah. um, you know, getting the time, um, initially, you know, when I first got locked, I started researching my case. So I actually knocked two years off my sentence by going to the law library. So that became my primary focus when I was in jail is to try to find a loophole to get out early. You did porn? What? Yeah, before I got into, uh, <clears throat> when I was, before I did the bank robbery, I was also doing porn. Man, it's like so. bank robbery, <laughs> like porn, and like all these, the crack, what? Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm pretty much, There's you like know, eight topics we could talk about here. Hell. Yeah, when I put my mind in something, I like, oh I, would, gosh. I would just jump into shit to see what it was about, and that's kind of like how I got into porn. What's the hardest thing about jail? Um, or prison? Um, the mentality, basically, um, dealing with barbarians, people who, who have uh, basically uh, very irrational social skills who mm-hmm. at a drop of a dime um, will react with violence. So you're dealing with the mentality of like a lot of people who who aren't capable of thinking at a higher level, very low level bottom dweller individuals who for the most part, <clears throat> um, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them like are chasing you know, chasing a, the, you know, the, the, the high or, you know, they're just people who don't have any value of life. So that's the hardest part, I would say. Physically, I mean, you know, everybody can fight. I mean, if you get in there, you're going to defend yourself, whatever the case may be. You might have to stick somebody, but, you know, it's the mentality. Because having conversation, once you realize the value of 
good conversation and just non-ignorance. Like in prison, you have some of the most ignorant people you could think of. I mean, you can sit down and talk without your, you leaving and somebody checking you like, hey, don't be talking to that black guy. Yeah. So you're dealing with a lot of that, you know, just very extreme racism. You got in a lot of fights? <clears throat> no, I didn't really have any issues. I mean, okay. for one, I can outthink most of these guys four or five moves ahead of time like chess. For two, you know, I knew how to carry myself just by having been around a lot of street elements. And, um, you know, I was always prepared. If somebody ran up, I'll, you know, I would handle my business because I knew nobody would take me one-on-one. I would... I would get beaten so fast in prison. I, I would I would know what to do. Man, did you do you have to everyone thinks you have to join a gang well, to, to be protected? There's a difference between the federal and the state. State is a lot more political as far as politics and what you have to do. If you're a white guy, you're going to state, you're 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 pretty much your hit. You're gonna be the, the woods or the AB, they're going to put like, hey, man, come over here. They're going to try to put you in, bring your paperwork and all this stuff. You're going to be basically put on um, on blast as soon as you get there. For for black guys, it's not as organized. You know, it's, it's a little bit more um, leeway. But uh, the feds, you're dealing with people who are maybe real estate fraud, stock fraud, um you know, money laundering, embezzlement. So you might be a white guy and you might be teaching a class about um, LLCs and I might be coming to your class and learning how to set up my next LLC when I get out. And then you have another guy who might be teaching real estate. So the level of education you get in the feds, you're not gonna have guys in the state because most of these guys, you got rapists, petty thieves, salt and battery, DUI, you know, people with garbage, you know. Okay, well, good. So they don't they don't lump those two groups together. No, economically, it's just a little bit different. The feds is changing a lot now because of legal immigration, but for the most part, the feds is it's, it's political, it's political, but not as bad as the state. Yeah, and you went to state. No, I went to feds. Feds. Yeah. Okay. For bank robbery. Interfering with interstate commerce, federal crime. So yours was a little less violent. No, it's violent. Hostile takeover, people are on the ground, yeah. high-speed chase. But it was a federally insured bank, which makes, if it's FDIC, that means that it's a federal crime because you affected interstate commerce. Any crime, like when they arrest guys on drug charges and it's just within the state, local, you go to the state. But if you were selling drugs out of state, it becomes federal because you cross state line. That's interstate commerce. Wow. <laughs> you know a lot about this, I've studied the law for nine years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Another topic, hell. Law for nine years. Do you have your your vote? I don't have a law degree, but that was my hustle in prison was helping guys filing petitions, habeas corpus appeals, you know, traffic violations, divorce papers. That was my thing because a lot of guys barely had a GED. I was, you know, I'm I'm pretty, I was well educated. I mean, not well, but I am pretty well educated. I read a lot of books. I went to college. So I was, uh, when it came to understanding paperwork, I knew what's up, you know, as far as the language. You got your bachelor's? No, I never went back and actually got my bachelor's because at this point, it's all about making money. Yeah. But as far as educate, educating myself, I mean, I read a lot of the Black's Law Dictionary. I studied a lot of the, the criminal codes as far as federal mm-hmm. statutes and stuff like that. So I'm pretty familiar. You can't, you know, somebody can't tell me about the law and think that it's going to just blow over my head like, you know, it did before. These are my Twitter. How does he feel about the privatization of prisons? and the industrial complex and legal and societal cycle that keeps ex-convicts oppressed and going back to jail. 
I think it's I think it's garbage, man. I yeah. think that they need to get rid of them. You know, all these people who voted for Trump in office down in Florida, the governor who's you know all the people who lobbied behind him so that he would press for all these uh, you know initiatives to get these private prisons built. If they spent that same money educating, see, you educate a person, and if that person has value. They don't feel like they're an outcast for society. Most people I've talked to, I've talked to some, I've talked to people who, um, you know, without knowing, they probably, probably, they probably killed four or five people. You know what I mean? These guys are straight. But when you talk to them and you hear the, you know, the educated conversation and you think about value and what a person feels about another individual, if you educate a person, the more educated you are, you, you rationalize. You're like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't stab this guy with a fork. You know, maybe I shouldn't, you know, rape this, this woman. Maybe I shouldn't do this. So... The more educated you are, you can kind of get crime. It 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 kind of it it kind of disseminate. You know, people will start doing other things because crime won't seem as entertaining. Because when you look at the people doing it, you're like, I'm not like them. That's I'm I'm above that. Yeah. You know, but human beings do things what they feel uh, that they're uh, they're easy easy to associate with. That's why people join gangs because they want to be associated with something. Walk me through a, like a typical day in the life. You wake up. It's they do, crack the doors. Do, they, do they make you wake up? Oh it, well, you got to you, you get up. I mean, that's just military type. You know, you okay. don't be sleeping in the bed and somebody come in there running on you. Always got to be prepared. You never know who's lurking in the in the, you know in the cuts to try to do something to you. So you always get up when the doors crack. You never laying down in the bed with the doors open unless you got somebody watching, looking out for you because somebody can run up in a cell and stab you in your sleep. Yeah. So you, whenever the doors are open, you never or just sleeping without anybody like looking out for you okay. you know so doors crack uh 5 30 you get up you know usually one you know one or two things you get you either get up and you know you leave the cell let your cellmate wash up and use the bathroom or you do the same and then you guys you know get ready to go to chow which is like breakfast you go have some breakfast usually breakfast they started a lot of the places they start serving garbage they used to serve like eggs and stuff but now during the week, you get like they give you like this garbage cereal and then maybe like uh, some type of honey bun. So they really are feeding your diet. They're trying to make you just shit bodies. You know what I mean? Diets are like horrible. They're yeah. you know they don't they don't want you in good physical shape. So you get a, a you know a shitty breakfast and you get ready for whatever work call if you got to go to work and people go work in the factories. That goes back to the you know privatization because a lot of the people in prison. Are making stuff for these companies on the street what they're only making like you know a couple cents on a dollar so it's basically uh, free labor for them and if you're doing 30 years and you're working in these factories making uh, uh, parts for the Humvee or parts for the military or furniture or clothing mm-hmm. you know you're basically subcontract they're subcontracting making money so it's, it's it's good for them for you to get up and go to work so guys go to work some guys go and you know, either they work in a unit or they work on a yard. Some people go work out, and then do you have to go to work? You have to have a job. Like okay. they, they have jobs which they call pay you no mind, which doesn't really pay anything. They might pay eight dollars a month, five dollars a month. That's the type of job I had, where you just go out for an hour and you act like you're sweeping, just walk around for an hour and bullshit. And those jobs are coveted because if you're a guy who really is not buying into the to the garbage. You don't want to work for the government. You don't want to work for them. You're already locked up. Why am I going to support being locked up? So I did the minimum for the my captors, and I tried to benefit myself as much as possible, reading and educating myself. So I worked an hour minimum, and then every other hour of the day, I either worked out or I studied. So your cellmate, was he 
did you guys instantly just become good friends? Um, well, I've, I've had a couple cellmates. I mean, the last person I was cellies with was a Mexican guy, which is pretty, you know, unheard of because most people are like, oh, black and Mexican, but I'm from Northern California, and we don't. Get, it's different. Blacks and Mexicans get along in Northern California. Blacks, Mexicans, whites, you know, Samoans, Filipinos, you know, Asians, we all get along. So me and this guy are from the same city, Sacramento, so that was my celly. And basically, I had his back, he had my back, and, you know, we kind of vibed on the same level, and we had the same goals, and we're still in touch to this day. Sweet. Um, he's out now? Yeah, he's out doing good. He's got his own construction business, nice. working on his master's in finance. All right. What did you do for fun? In prison? Yeah. I guess, is there basketball? There was not. I didn't, I didn't participate in fun in prison. My only goal was to get out of prison. I didn't play sports. I didn't gamble. I didn't. I didn't participate in any of that. I don't want to be. I don't want to. I don't want to ever be comfortable. I didn't okay. ever want prison to be like. Oh, I'm. You know. Yeah. I never did that. I worked out to be ready in case I had a split smite wig, and I studied. And then I was always thinking like, what if one day they said, hey, you're you're free to go. You know, a lot of these guys they're so busy having fun in there. If they said, hey, you're released, they wouldn't be prepared. Yeah. I was prepared any given day. If I got out early, I would have a plan. Nice. Um, split somebody's wig. Did, did you ever have to do that? No, I slapped a dude before, but didn't really have to split nobody's wig. You know, a lot, of, a couple of dudes lip service, but they weren't trying to really come in a cell. You know, most people don't want to come in a cell because it's limited space, and then you know they can't really do. You know, can't really jump in a cell. And not major altercations yeah. where I had to go and you know stick somebody. Did you ever witness that? Oh yeah, I've seen people get stuck before. You just keep walking. You don't stop. You can't acknowledge it because you become a suspect and then you're not supposed to ever acknowledge or admit to the police that you've seen anything because if you become suspect of telling then you could be the next victim they made like oh, a there's people homemade that sell knife knives. there's people that sell knives in there that have access i mean i had access to whatever i wanted those guys in there he's like hey if you ever need something just come holler at me the people that you know they have stash spots and they have knives made out of all kind of things i've seen a knife this long that was like uh made out of plastic and it and it was pointed it looked almost like a rhinoceros horn but it came down to a point where i could plunge it in you just pull it right out and you would never know wow and it went through the metal detector okay you said it was a wake-up call you feel like it it, it did it was effective at if you want it to be correctional facility it doesn't there's no rehabilitation in prison yeah. it's not like european prisons where you can go out on the weekends and you hang out, go shop. And, you know, there's guys in there for murder. I had a guy hit me up one time. He was in prison. He's like, I watch your show. And he's, he's, I'm like, yeah, I've been down for 10 years and I'm on a weekend pass. I'm like, weekend pass? Like, yeah, I'm about to get out, you know. And they don't have that here. Here, if you committed, you know, any type of heinous act or even, I mean, looking for drugs. You know, you got a guy, Louisiana, you know, two pounds of marijuana, 18 years. A rapist, six months. Hmm. You know, so guy Brock, the guy Brock, he didn't even do any time. You know, he admitted he had rape. So, I mean, here there is no rehabilitation. And based on the individual, depending on what you look like, you'll get more time than the next person because they feel that you can handle it. So this is a, it's, it's not a, a, a racially evenly, you know, uh, set up system. And, and as far as rehabilitation, you got to rehabilitate yourself. Every day I try to figure out what it was that got me there. I was a straight A student. I wasn't stupid. I had 4.0. I never, I got maybe two C's in my whole high school career. You know what I mean? I wasn't stupid. I was very book smart. And I, I just made a lot of bad choices because of just how I looked at things. So I had to figure out how did I get to that point. 
and reverse that. And it took me, I just kept working on myself. But a lot of people don't want to work on themselves. They want to blame the government. Oh, man, the police, man. Or, oh, man, my mom or my dad wasn't around or blah, 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 or this and that. And you can't play the blame game. If you want to rehabilitate yourself, you have to take responsibility, man up, and basically say, you know what? I'm going to make a change for the better. And I'm going to stop making stupid decisions. And I'm not going to hang around these, these dummies. Was the first week the hardest? Yeah, probably so because you're telling you, you know you're 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 reaching out to people and telling them you're locked up, and I'm like, what happened? You know, people are trying to make sense of why you did what you did because it doesn't fit with your character, and so it is hard because you basically just you you you've you've left the street suddenly. You know, it wasn't like you told people, hey, I'm gonna go rob the bank. If you'd have told people, they'd have probably talked you out of it. So that's the hardest part is admitting to other people that you are gone and you're looking at doing some serious time. You know, it crushes a lot of people. Who was the first person you called? Uh, my fiance at the time. Okay. Did you have any visitors? No. The whole time? No, no visitors. So that was another reason for me to kind of get want to get out and kind of uh, shit on everybody. Yeah. Show everybody that hey, you know, as a result of you know just just me want to take that all that energy and then show like flip it to show that hey you know this is what I did with myself and how I better myself because of this because of that what was the first thing you did when you were released um I had a, a homegirl came and picked me up and I went down to Hollywood Boulevard up the street up here and got a piece of pizza <laughs> okay homegirl so so you did have like letters and stuff um yeah people some people wrote you know what i mean and the, the the girl who came and picked me up was a friend of mine's girlfriend at the time and so she looked out you know helped me publish my book when i was in there it was doing a little business stuff for us you know helping us out but um she you know instead of me having to catch a greyhound she drove and we talked and and i was just excited it felt like i you know when i got out it actually felt like i'd just been in a bad dream yeah. it, just, it felt surreal you know coming back into la seeing all the the Capitol building and all this, and it's like, wow, you know, I'm back out here. And I was excited, you know. A lot of people are scared to death. I wasn't scared at all. Did you know anyone that tried to escape? Yeah, yeah. I met really? a dude, yeah. I met a guy. He tried to escape. He said he would have escaped except for he had some uh, um, fence cutters, and they broke when he got through the, the second. He was going to get to the second fence because they had, you know, they got like two or three fences. He went through the first one. I think he made it to the second, and then it broke, so he was stuck, and he couldn't get out, so... He had to go, and he, uh, uh, you know, apparently he uh, he hid on top of, like, a rooftop, and it was hella cold. It's in Colorado. It was wintertime. So eventually he had to give up because he'd freeze to death. Wow. And then from there they took him and sent him to the hole. He was in the hole for probably six, seven years. The hole? Yeah, which is like, you know, you're, you're no light, no daylight. You're locked in a, in a room with just nobody, just caged up. Have you been? Have you ever been somewhere? Yeah, I've been in solitary confinement before. Just on some some garbage, you know. They randomly chose a bunch of people and threw them in, in like the hole. But it's different when you're like there's a hole where you go and it's like you and somebody else, and you know. But then they got places where like Marion, where they have like John Gotti, and where they have like Larry Hoover, like people who are high powered, and they're just like, you know, they don't get any visits. You know, everything's like really isolated. How long were you in the? Solitary confinement? Uh, a couple of weeks. And they don't let you out? No, you might get out every couple of days, maybe get a shower or something like that. Wow. Did they give you a book or anything? You might get a book, but you don't read that thing in the first, like, you know, a couple hours. Yeah. So you had a lot of time to think. A lot of time. A lot of time. Every day I thought about something. I thought about, you know, every day if I was on the street, what I'd be doing. 
LA traffic? Would I be, you know, on the, on a movie set somewhere doing some, you know, trying to audition for a role? I just thought about all the things I could be doing besides sitting in prison and dealing with somebody telling me when I could take a take a shit, when I can go eat, when I can go and you know when, how to when to stand up and all this stuff. I just thought about all the different things I could be doing. Um, you couldn't just go take a shit when you wanted. No, nah, because you had a celly in there. You can't just, you know, you got to hold that shit. You can't, if your celly's in there and you know the door, you know, you, you, you time it. You can't just go take a shit. You, somebody might be like, hey, man, why you keep shitting every time we're in the cell together? What's your fucking problem? You know, don't nobody want to smell your shit. So you got to hold it. And when the door's cracked, you say, hey, man, I got to, you know, I got to take a masa, man. I got to take a shit. And they're like, okay, you go out the cell, put your towel up, and then, you know, you shit. But unless you're really on a lockdown, you're doing bad. Then, you know, you go and you have to take a shit. But you can't just regularly just, oh, oh you know, we just doors this shit. Hey, I'm going to take a shit. It's like, dude, we've been out all day and you're going to come here and take a shit? Somebody, you know, somebody put hands on you for that. Yeah, was that a problem with, like, dropping the soap and all that? Yeah, you, I mean, for the, most, of the sh- most of the shower stalls were individuals. So you had individual shower stalls. I okay. mean, in some facilities, they did have, like, uh, in Lompoc USP, in, in the unit I was in, it was all sales. They have dorms too, but I was in a one that had all cells, and um, they had, uh, you know, there were a couple showers that were like an open, you know, where you you just, you know, if you were running late, you had to jump in there. It might be another dude or somebody in their shower, but you'd never look at nobody like, you know, oh, look at Peter or, or nothing like that, and you always covered up. I mean, if you were one of those guys and you know you walked around with your towel and shit, people start, oh, that dude, he's suspect. You know, you don't sashay around with your towel, going to the shower, and, and with your shower shoes on. You go to the shower, you got your boots on, your your pants, you change real quick, then you get out, you know. But, you know, there's a little thing. People are reading body language. or experts at reading body language. Mm-hmm. So if you got any homosexual tendencies in there, somebody will exploit those. Hmm. Did you ever witness, like, anyone? I, I, I never seen no homosexual activity in there. You know, I knew, mm-hmm. I knew of, a, like, you know, the, people would say, hey, that guy right there, you know, watch out or blah blah blah, and you'd be like, okay. And you, after you heard that, then you don't talk to him no more. That's it. Like, hey man, what's up, man? Hey, you keep it pushing. <laughs> because after you've been warned, if you continue to eat together with this guy, then you must like that. Hmm. So now you're suspect. That's how quick it changes. As soon as somebody says something about somebody and it is backed up by other people, and you continue to carry on your previous activity with this individual. You're no longer now welcomed. Would you say movies overshoot or undershoot, I guess, overshoot. as far as how bad it is? Overshoot okay. to a lot of degree. You yeah. know, because like the the really the real of what's going on is it well, to a degree the real that's really going on, they're not gonna get it from for the most part, because the people who are really in that life, they're not gonna tell it to them. So Hollywood has to make up gaps, they have to put gaps and stuff and fill in. And the people who are really telling them a lot of their shit um, probably they're getting it from somebody who was like a snitch or something who came out and tried to like, now, oh, well, this is what happened, blah, 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 blah. But like every now and then you get a real dude who would tell a story and then they'll take part of that. And then they'll, to make it seem more sensationalized, they'll add to it, you know? So they'll make this, you know, like prison break, you know, all this stuff. Now, a lot of that shit in prison break, what goes on in foreign prisons is real shit. You know, state prison is totally different. You know what I mean? Like I said, I was in the feds. So, you know, when you're talking about rape, when you're talking about homosexuality, we're talking about different things. You go to the states, some of these southern prisons, some of these other places, it's totally different. And I can't yeah. speak on that. Okay. I can only speak on my experience, which is going to be a lot different than, you know, a person like yourself, 
or you know somebody who's like all tattooed up with gang mem- gang signs on them it's gonna be totally different mm. so everybody's experience is not the same but hollywood i think stretches a lot of it yeah so now you're married you're in van nuys you got these businesses going on freshoutseries.com mm-hmm. and big hurt 916 sweet anything else you want to shout out um you know just the, that um you know there's a lot of opportunity for people out there if they take the time to really focus outside the box and take a look at your friends and the people you socialize with and, and ask yourself is this the same group of people you want to be around in the next five years or where do you see yourself at and what value do they bring to your life and um, you know make those choices man don't be afraid to step out the box and be a, a, your own individual you know and that's gonna it's gonna allow you to make better choices before you make the wrong choice well said big hurt thank you for being here oh man i appreciate the opportunity man yeah um please check out big Herc's information in the description and i'll see you next week <laughs>